0: Welcome to Vedic Living, I'm Ben Collins. In this series of podcasts, Aparna Kanolkar and I explore ways to utilize the insights of the ancient Vedic rishis to establish a life full of good health, balance, and spiritual fulfillment. This week, Aparna presents insights into the way that Ayurvedic cooking utilizes spices not only for their flavor value, but also to promote and maintain optimal health through balancing the doshas. And we end with a great mantra for the three goddesses that can be used to impart the best possible prana or shakti into our food and spices as we are preparing them. Good morning, Aparna.
1: Good morning, Ben.
0: Well, we're going to talk about spices today.
1: We are. One of my favorite topics.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When, when, um, When I grew up, we were taught that Columbus was trying to find a passage to India because of the demand for spices, Um, what were you taught in India?
1: The same thing. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Well, an interesting fact that I found is that in 50 BC, the Romans brought mustard to England. That was a Uh, long time ago.
0: Well, I have done some research in the history of spices also. Mm -hmm. And as early as 3200 B.C., there is evidence that spices like saffron were being ground on stone in the uh, Harappa uh, civilization, North India. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that they've dated uh, spices and and figured out some of the trade patterns, you know, 3,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, was to look at references in the Vedas to various spices and to see where words for those spices appeared. In, um, uh, in the Vedas, uh, there are references to mustard seed or bhaja in Sanskrit, um, also to turmeric, Haridra in Sanskrit, long pepper, pipali in mm-hmm. Sanskrit, and tamarind, chincha. Uh, in Sanskrit. And there's one little interesting tidbit that I found that the the Aryan culture that migrated down into North India and brought with them the Vedas, they contain references to the fact that they disparaged the way that the indigenous cultures used garlic, onions, leeks, and mushrooms. Uh, But because... The uh, pre-existing cultures, the native cultures, fertilized their foods with a blend of manure that included human waste. You know, that's how the, uh, that sense of these being uh, uh, kind of tamasic mm-hmm. foods came from. And uh, historically, scholars have traced the origins of various Sanskrit words to other languages as, you know, evidence of this spice trade. Asafetida, or king comes from Afghanistan. Uh, between 800 and 350 B.C. Um, Ginger, cumin, and cloves were introduced to India from other parts of Southeast Asia. Uh, Cumin uh, appears in Vedic writing around 300 B.C. And it seems to come from the Middle East because the Sanskrit word for uh, cumin, uh, jira, comes from uh, the Persian language. Uh, Cloves came from Indonesia. The first written reference to this spice appears in the Ramayana as lavanga in Sanskrit. Uh, The uh, Malaysian word is bunga lavanga and it refers to the the little bud, the flower bud that is the clove. And of course, uh, spices play a very important role in the religious rituals of the Vedic culture. Um, You know, we're uh, maybe familiar with the idea of abhishekam where the deity is washed. Typically turmeric, which is a very uh, cleansing spice, um, is uh, mixed with water and poured over the deity. And frequently the last item that's used in Abhishekham is saffron. And, of course, uh, the monk's robes being dyed with turmeric and saffron um, as sort of, you know, subtle reminder of, of, of purity, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then in the fire ceremony, the homum, the fire ritual, um, spice ingredients play a major role. And uh, in some of the rituals we've done for the Pujanet group, um, there have been offerings of well over 108 different spices, roots, seeds, barks, twigs, all of these into the sacrificial fire because each one has a specific spiritual effect. Then, as you well know, in terms of Ayurvedic medicine, um, around uh, 500 B.C., there was an Ayurvedic physician, Sushruta II, who in uh, his writings prescribed uh, 700 different drugs that could be made with spices. Very impressive. Very impressive knowledge about the natural ability of spices to be, you know, healing, And also just simply to be a part of the regular maintenance of health. Yeah. And Atarva Veda, which is the youngest Veda, has a a very nice uh, poetic hymn. It's fairly long to the Mother Earth. But uh, one verse says, Untrammeled in the midst of men, the earth adorned with heights and gentle slopes and plains, bears plants, herbs, and spices of great healing power. May she spread wide for us and afford us joy. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that uh, in the Vaishnava tradition, uh, Lakshmi is also known as Patala Nivasani, uh, she who lives under the ground. Mm -hmm. And it's a great image because all plants spices etc everything emerges from under the ground so uh, if you think historically one of the most consistent you know signs of wealth has been spice and uh, so it's a great it's a great image Um, and as Lakshmi is the goddess of abundance and enjoyment uh, spices certainly make eating pleasurable definitely so it's it's clear that good knowledge of spices and sort of expanding our own spice vocabulary here in the west is a good thing not only not only for food but also you know our health and and really spiritual benefit as well.
1: What kind of spices did you eat uh, eat when you were growing up?
0: Oh, I grew up in New England. So mm. it was pretty bland.
1: Um and pepper,
0: Salt and pepper. <laughs> you maybe maybe if my mother made um, spaghetti, there would be some oregano in it, but that was about it. And I think it comes because well, certainly New England was uh, very you know European oriented. There there it was cold up there in Vermont. Spices are spices are a warm weather thing. Uh, you know cultures that have that have longer growing seasons. Have spices, northern cultures, not so much.
1: Um, part of the reason is because when you live in very hot climates, your digestive agni is pretty suppressed. So um, you eat these hot spices to ignite your agni, then you actually can eat and digest. Isn't that interesting?
0: That is, that yeah. is, definitely. Well, and if, if you think about it, the closer to the equator you get, the spicier the food is all around the world. Yeah. You the
1: know. hottest uh, states in India, which is one of them is Andhra Pradesh, which is north of Chennai. They have some of the spiciest food. It's just unbelievably hot.
0: If you go to an Indian store, look for Andhra Pradesh pickles. <laughs> if you get Andhra Pradesh pickle, man, it is I mean it's deliciously hot.
1: Yeah, they need it for that Agni.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: At least they used to, I don't know. Maybe Oh, not. they
0: they yeah. still do. <laughs> They're still making pickles. So give us some, some general understanding about spices and Ayurveda.
1: Well, first I thought we would talk about what a spice is. And it's actually one of many things. It's, a spice can be a bud of a flower, um, clove being an example of that, or a bark of a tree or a plant, which would be cinnamon in this case. A rhizome, which would be ginger and turmeric. They both grow under the ground. And that might be one of your references to Lakshmi, you know, the one who gives wealth that you just mentioned. Right. Um, turmeric is the spice that's associated with Lakshmi, abundance. <clears throat> in fact, it is used in all spiritual ceremonies and rituals, as you know, Ben.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And also, it's the first spice that's fed to a baby. When a, when a baby starts eating solid food, turmeric is the first spice that's fed. Interesting. Yeah, because it's it's symbolic of abundance and wealth and Mother Divine herself. Hmm. And um, spices also come in the form of a berry, in which case it would be a peppercorn. That would be a berry. Seeds, of course, like cumin seeds or coriander seeds. Flower stamens, um, that would specifically be saffron. It is the stamen of the crocus flower the most delicate and laborious process of harvesting and drying. That's why it's the most expensive spice in the world. And the difference between a spice and a an herb is that the herb is actually the leaf of a plant or sometimes even the root of a plant. Um, why are spices so important in Ayurveda? Because they are concentrated forms of uh, nature's intelligence. You don't need a lot of it. You eat small amounts of it and it's... It's bursting with medicinal value as well as flavor. That's why it's revered in Ayurveda. Um, It improves digestion. It helps with assimilation. It's cleansing. It has the, you know, combined with water or oil or ghee, it it forms, it acts as a transportation mechanism of spices. And... um, to go into the tissues and cells and organs to do the healing and cleansing work. Um, Generally, spices are cooked. Uh, We don't add spices at the end, um, such as, you know, a lot of the Western cuisines. They just grind a little pepper on top of it. That's not how it's done in Ayurveda. It's sautéed, cooked in a little bit of ghee or oil, and then poured over the grains and vegetables. Only herbs are added at the end, so... They don't overcook and lose their flavor and value, medicinal value. Um, herbs also act as rasayanas. They rasayanas is, is a herbal slash spice compound that's used for nourishing. Um, and other herbs and spices are used for cleansing. Um, so they play two roles. You would not use a rasayana while you're cleansing or before you cleanse because rasayanas are strengthening and fortifying and they need some good vitality in the body. And when you're cleansing, you don't have much strength or energy for that. Um, Let's see. Let's talk about some of the spices now. Let's Let's start with cardamom, the queen of spices. It's a native of India. When taken with ginger, fresh ginger, in the form of a tea, so some ginger slices and a couple of pods of cardamom in a couple of cups of water boiled, it stimulates the appetite and it strengthens digestion. And the clove bud, which is uh, one of the spiciest, hottest of all the spices, it has an antifungal nature. It's warming it relieves pain, and in India they use clove oil for tooth pain because it relieves pain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's very—it's. Um, I think it also has the antiseptic properties. Ginger is quite popular in the in the West. It stimulates all the tissues in the body. It's great for enhancing assimilation. It's—it's it's a good um, spice to use right now in this season. It's good for colds and digestion. It warms the body. It's great to use as a compress because it has such a warming quality to it. And it tastes really good. Uh, nutmeg is calming. It can induce sleep or a sense of relaxation. But it must be used with, used in small quantities, and it's typically used in with milk. So milk and saffron, a little cardamom and a little nutmeg, you simmer it, you boil it for a minute or two, and then you drink that. Before you,
0: you, know, you know, there's another one uh, that I was given in India during the hot time, which is buttermilk with a little bit of cardamom and nutmeg, and you know, just a touch of sugar for a little bit of sweetness. That's yeah. really cooling.
1: Yeah. 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 Cardamom is slightly warming, but mm-hmm. people can use it in small amounts. And nutmeg is also warming, but as long as you use very small portions, it's it's fine. Fennel, one of my most favorite ones, and everybody will know what this is because they have those um, fennel seeds coated with that nasty food color at the Indian restaurants. That's <laughs> right. fennel, in case you didn't know.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, fennel is a great uh, spice to chew on after a heavy meal either lunch or dinner, because it helps the digestion. It reduces uh, colic in babies. It also reduces gassiness in the intestines. And its nature is cooling.
0: And you can buy fennel as a vegetable, uh, at least here in yes. California. It's very yep. uh,
1: it's very delicious. popular.
0: You know, slightly, um, slightly uh, licorice tasting, right? Yes,
1: mm-hmm. really crunchy. And you slice it very thin, and you can add it in salads. You can sauté it with a little bit of ghee. Um, my children just eat the tops of the fennel bulb, you know, just the little leaves. Mm-hmm. They just eat them just like that, handfuls of it. Um, then we have turmeric, which is a powerful antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, antibacterial. Um, if you're ever in India and you cut yourself and you're at somebody's house, the first thing they'll offer to you is Turmeric. And because it just instantly takes care of it. Um, it's also purifying, so you'll often see it being used in different kinds of, uh, when you're doing a cleanse, different kinds of teas. Coriander, also one of my favorites, um, is cooling. It reduces hyperacidity. If you have a headache, you can take a teaspoon of coriander seeds with a teaspoon of um, turbinado sugar and chew on it. And it cools it cools you down very quickly. It's very, and you you have to do it right at the beginning of a headache, though. Cumin
0: is is coriander the same as cilantro? Is it just the dried form of cilantro? Uh,
1: no, coriander is the seed of the cilantro plant.
0: Got it. That's what I meant. Okay. Yes. So cori- coriander is the seed of the cilantro plant because cilantro is great as a you know as a cooling. Yes. Uh, Influence.
1: Yes. Cilantro is cooling in Ayurveda. It's used, cilantro juice is actually used uh, for uh, getting rid of heavy metal toxicity in the body, especially mercury. Interesting. Yeah. It's prescribed, you know, you have to go to a vaidya and they tell you how much to take and for how long. Mm -hmm. But it's proven to be um, the juice of coriander removes... Um, heavy metal toxicity from the body and uh, of course cumin is very popular in Mexican cuisine most Americans are familiar with that it originates from my research Ben it originates in the Mediterranean region but that's Mm. close to the Middle East so I'll go with that (laughs)
0: Um,
1: it helps with digestion it also reduces bloating it's purifying it's actually a warming spice as well Black pepper, one of the most popular spices in the West. Um, It originates from India. It's actually one of the more expensive spices. Um, It stimulates agni, prevents gas. It's heating, so it's really good for vata and kapha. And salt. There are, of course, so many exotic salts now on the market. Sea salt is by far the best one to eat. It has trace minerals. Um, It's very good for vata. Pithas need to go easy on the salt, as do kaphas. It has a warming quality as well. Saffron, one of my most favorite spices. I actually call that the queen of the spices. Um, They say that saffron has the highest vibration of all spices, so um, it's... Good to have saffron in your diet in small amounts because it's very warming, not to mention it's very expensive. And um, in Vedic cuisine, we use it in rice dishes. We use it, of course, in desserts. Also different milk uh, drinks, spiced milk drinks. It has a wonderful color, a fabulous flavor, and it's just overall just fantastic. Cayenne. In India, we don't we call it cayenne, we call it red chilies. There's so many different kinds of chilies with different levels of heat. Some of them just give color, not so much heat. It boosts your immunity, it clears congestion, it improves circulation. Um, it also helps with pain relief. It pacifies vata in small amounts and pacifies kapha as well. Mustard seeds that you mentioned earlier. Very popular spice in southern India, also quite popular in Vedic cuisine. Um, warming in nature, and if, if you eat too much of it, it can actually overheat you. Um, so great for vatas and kaphas. Pithas should avoid it. And asafoetida is what, the most powerful vata-pacifying spice. It has a very strange smell oh no,
0: it's it can be so miserable yeah. <laughs> when you when you buy it you have to put you have to put it in two containers yes, you know <laughs> <laughs> like glass containers with like really good strong tops yes. mm-hmm. because man, that smell will get out, and there is nothing like it. The yeah. English used to call it devil's breath uh for good reason, but <laughs> when used properly. It, yeah. it adds this really, you know, it's like once you kind of connect with it, it adds such a great flavor. Yeah. Um, it's noticeable and just very tantalizing. It's really, yeah. it's an extraordinary spice. It's very, very interesting.
1: It is. And you use only very tiny amounts of it because yeah. it's so potent. But the way to use asafoetida mm-hmm. or hing is that you must cook it in hot oil. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it. it makes your whole dish taste awful. But as soon as it touches the hot oil, its its aroma is just really quite fabulous. And it's mo- mostly used in um, beans and legume dishes because it helps also reduce gassiness. It's more commonly used in southern India, by the way. Mm,
0: mm.
1: So just briefly, we can go through these spices and figure out which one is warming and which one is cooling. Because that will help determine what doshas can use it. <clears throat> so, cardamom is slightly warming. Clove is very warming. Ginger is also very warming. Um, we didn't talk about cinnamon. Cinnamon is also warming. It's a sweet spice, but it's warming and it's just, it has so many medicinal properties. Nutmeg is warming. Fennel is cooling. Turmeric is cooling, wonderful for the liver. Coriander is cooling. Cumin is warming. Black pepper is warming. Salt is warming. Saffron is warming. Cayenne is definitely warming, as are mustard seeds and asafoetida. So the best spices for pitas: turmeric, small amounts of cumin, very small amounts of black pepper, and moderate amounts of salt, and cumin, I'm sorry, coriander, and fennel. So pittas have the least number of spices they can use. Uh, batas and kafas have the largest range. They're very fortunate.
0: <laughs>
1: yes. Um, spice waters, many of you may, may not have heard of them, but uh, spice waters are used in Ayurveda for cleansing and purifying. They're not the best tasting things, but you do it for the sake of your health. Um, spice waters hydrate your body and they flush out the toxins and then they also carry away the wastes to wherever it needs to go. Um, basically, spice waters, um, are, it's boiled water with a certain measured amount of different spices and they have different recipes for for the different doshas, and you drink it for a certain number of days um, as a way to cleanse your digestive system, to cool the body or heat the body. And I've done the one for pitta, and it was not the best tasting thing, but you, <laughs> you really feel different, you know, because when yeah. you boil the water, you're infusing with you're infusing it with agni, and when you boil the water with the spices the, the spice the sharpness of the spice is intensified. Mm-hmm. So it's a very powerful way of uh, purifying and cleansing. And then I thought um, we would talk about powdered spices versus whole spices. So in some dishes you'll use whole spices. Things like cinnamon sticks, bay leaves, those don't need to be crushed. Um, And then after that, you'll use powdered spices such as turmeric, um, coriander powder. So when you cook with spices, you always cook the whole spices first. And then you add the, the powdered spices to it because if you add them together, the powdered spices will burn. It's very important to know that. And as I mentioned earlier, it's very important to cook the spices in hot oil. Just throwing cumin powder and turmeric powder on top of your soup at the very end is, maybe it will add some flavor, but we're also looking for our food to be medicine. And if we want food to be medicine, we will cook the spices and let it infuse into the whatever dish you're making, whether it's legumes or beans or vegetables or rice. Um storing of spices you never want your spices to be in those glass jars you want them covered in stainless steel containers or some other containers so there's no exposure to light or air uh, which exposure to light or air will reduce the potency of the spices and this is everybody's question to me all of my clients how long are spices good for No more than six months. So buy them in small quantities, in bulk, preferably. um, You can buy them in the bulk section and you just buy them organic. They're expensive, but remember, spices are very medicinal and they're very concentrated, so you won't be using too much of it. And just store it and use it as you need it and replenish every few months. But no more than six months old. So go through your cabinet. And if you have something that's been sitting there for two years, but it looks good, still throw it out. It's not going to serve you. So that's what I have on spices.
0: Well, I wanted to uh, conclude with uh, a mantra that would help, uh, you know, in, in, imbue the the spices and our food with, uh, you know, prana or energy as we're preparing it. Also, you know, as you've mentioned before, attitude is very important when we're preparing food because it makes, it makes a difference. Um, food that is prepared with care and love, it just has a better effect, and quite honestly, it usually tastes better. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the three forms of the goddess, Durga, Kali, and Saraswati, represent the three elements, air, fire, and water, uh, which then correspond with the three doshas, vata, pitta, and kapha. So this mantra, uh, traditional mantra, begins with the bija sound or seed mantra for each of the three goddesses. So uh, now you can begin with om if you like or leave om off, uh, but om, aim, that's for Saraswati, hrim, Kali, Klim, Durga, Chamundaye, Swaha. Uh, And Chamundi is uh, a very powerful form of the goddess. Uh, Sometimes you hear this mantra with Om, Aim, Reem, Klim, Chamundaye, Viche, Namaha, or Swaha. Um, Viche means, refers to her uh, enlightenment giving uh, qualities. Um, it's it's uh, usually translated as she who pierces through thought, um, which you know brings us to the transcendent. But um, in this case, um, we just go with the om aim hrim kleem chmundaye swaha. Swaha means to offer, um, which makes it appropriate for when we're preparing food. Or you can also do om aim hrim kleem chmundaye namaha, Uh, Namaha means that, um, uh, well, I think literally it means that we bow down or that we offer, you know, our respect to. Um, But either way, uh, you know, if this kind of just very gently runs through your mind as you're cooking, I think you'll be amazed at uh, how it tends to change the quality, not only of the food, but it elevates the cooking experience as well.
1: Yes, Definitely.
0: So there we go. Spices.
1: Ben, can I share a short story about my trip to Sri Lanka when I was in 7th grade? Please.
0: Please. Yes.
1: When I was in 7th grade um, in India, I went to a Catholic school, and our school went on various trips every year with all the high school girls, or middle school as well. And one year we went to Sri Lanka. We didn't fly there. We went by on this huge ship, Um and one of the things we did was we went to a spice plantation. And i that was my favorite part of the trip. I remember it so vividly. I brought back some mace and some nutmeg for my mother. Mm. <laughs> and it was just so beautiful to wander through these spice plantations and tea plantations and see how they process the tea leaves. And um, I still remember it. And then now when I look back, I think maybe that was like, a sign of what I was going to do later in my life, why I enjoyed it so much. Son.
0: Yeah, if you watch the Travel Channel, um, there are a couple of shows that have, have gone to Sri Lanka and uh, include um, fairly extensive tours of the various spice plantations uh, in Sri Lanka. One of them is uh, Anthony Bourdain's No Reservation, Mm-hmm. And another one is Andrew. I can't remember his last name, but it's you know it's something to do with strange foods. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, but um, uh, it's wonderful how, how spice is such a central part of uh, that culture. and I think we all have a lot to uh, benefit by uh, using some of that knowledge and, and changing our diet for the better.